Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clavio Design Podcast. Uh, my name is B. I'm a designer working in the sprint team here at Clavio. This week, we're going to be talking about illustrations and brand identity. Uh, but before we get started, let's go around the virtual room and see who's on the line. I guess the first question is, what company illustration style do you admire? Uh, so I'll go first. Uh, my name is Charlie Coombs. I am the senior visual designer here at Clavio. So I do a lot of the stuff that you'll be hearing about in this podcast, lots of illustrations and iconography and brand identity. Um, one company that I really enjoy um, is I like the, the geometric style that like a lot of companies like Dropbox and stuff are doing now. Um, anything that combines like geometric patterns with like really approachable graphics um, to get like a mix of emotions and stuff like that is really interesting to me. Um, I'm Sam. <laughs> I am a, a senior design lead at Clavio. Uh, don't, I've did a lot of our illustrations before Charlie <laughs> started. And uh, I also have a background working as an illustrator, freelance illustrator for a little while. Uh, company illustrations, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go a little bit old school, I guess, if that's even still a word people use. Uh, <laughs> um, but I always thought Intercom did a good job of building their brand around illustration. Uh, not, they don't use as much of it now, but um, they do still have like notes of some of the like fun, wiggly, <laughs> hand-drawn kind of, uh, kind of aesthetic uh, style. And I always, I always thought they just did a really good job with it. Yeah, for me, um, also a fan of uh, Intercom. Uh, I like, um, I think Google's illustration style is really good. I think they've, they are a great example of a brand that really had like, I don't know, you think about Google in the early days and they're sort of like their voice and tone, you know, they had a very strong sort of, you know, we are quirky or, <laughs> uh, but like, I think in the last decade or so where they started to have a design system and they introduced like their illustrations in a more cohesive way, I, I really appreciate that. Like if you have a Google home and they have all these illustrations for like onboarding that are really nice, like these abstract shapes and like all these ways to communicate using illustrations, like make the experience of signing or setting up your Wi-Fi kind of delightful. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess we can start and talk about like um, how a little bit of a brief history of how Clavius illustrations have or have not uh, been a part of our language. Now, Sam, you've been here for a while. <laughs> um, you no, know, historically, Clavius does not use a lot of illustrations. Actually, we still don't, to be honest. Um, with the UK, with the occasional exception of swag we do a lot of custom like shirts and um graphics for like company event like employee stuff um we have a lot of iconography so i will say that has always been a thing um we've kind of evolved over the years where it's been a little bit more colorful to having it be like a little bit more of a companion to the design as opposed to like a something more in the forefront of the design. But um, 
I do always enjoy our custom shirts. Uh, there's like a classic one, which I think is on our team dribble page. That is a, like that we, I guess you for summer party one time with a snow cone and might hands down be one of my favorite ones we've done. <laughs> we include that in the, in the link, in the show notes. So everyone can see. Yeah, I, I think our swag, like I remember we had, uh, you know, all the Black Friday with the turkey and that was oh, always sure. like a very whimsical <laughs> mm. sort of uh, illustration style here at Playview. And, you know, we're, we're developing a new sort of um, new set of, uh, you know, graphics that we're going to use more consistently throughout the product. And Charlie, you've been a big part of that. So could you speak a little bit about like how did that came to be? Uh, yeah, so I've been at Clavio probably like a year and three months now, and I do agree we do a lot of uh, custom uh, like swag items and stuff like that. But a lot of the illustration work that I've done since I've been here has been around like a holiday event or something like that. Either doing like a campaign for for a um, uh, Clavio Boston or doing you know some type of holiday thing like we do um valentine's day cards every year so i illustrated those um and a lot of illustration work comes in the form of iconography like sam said um i think i feel like at a time everybody was just kind of pulling icon like we didn't have a dedicated source for to gather icons so they they all kind of looked a little different so that was one of my jobs was to come in here and kind of i'll make them look uniform and so that way you know um, we can kind of work on brand consistency a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the icons have been really successful. Um, and it's really valuable to have, uh, you know, be able to showcase the imagery that resonates with people like that. So. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, so I guess we can, we can touch up on like, why are illustrations something that brands should invest in? Like why come up with the whole like visual system or things like that? Uh, so for me personally, it, it it not only represents like the brand you're working with, but it also represents like their approachability, right? So if you like, if you go to a tech company and you see um, just a lot of information, especially for like the way I think about it is like an entrepreneur, right? Like a young person who's starting their own business, they go to this site and they're like, okay, I want to be, I want to work with these people and all they see is information. It may scare them away. Like it may intimidate them. But um, if you see illustrations and it kind of like it takes a serious subject and kind of lightens the mood. So you look at it and you go, okay, like, you know, these people kind of understand me rather than just like information, information, information. So it helps um, make your brand seem more approachable and uh, more friendly, especially like in like a cybersecurity realm or something like that, where it's very serious and people, people are really affected by it and lose a lot of money and, from ransomware and stuff like that. If you can approach that in a more like laid back approach, it makes people realize that like, okay, even if the situation is bad, like these people are approachable and they're friendly and they're talk like I can talk to them, I can approach them. So it's the same thing with like, what we do email marketing and everything like that. People wanna open a, people wanna open an email and feel comfortable, you know, they just don't wanna be bombarded with information, so approachable colors and approachable friendly colored palettes really help with that so um i don't know i actually see it a little bit differently so i don't know if we <laughs> i'm not so like uh so i've i've actually worked for cybersecurity uh so it's sort of like piggyback off of um 
Charlie's example, but illustration's kind of like, I see it having kind of been in a realm that's like a lot more serious in an industry that where people or trust is a big deal. And sometimes illustration can come off oddly, <laughs> uh, depending on how like friendly you're going to be. I agree with you, Sam. There's, there's certain companies that, you know, you want to show trust and stuff like that, hmm. but there's other, there's, I don't know. It's like, it can go both ways. Cause I've seen companies do it like very, you know, that's when you get into certain illustration styles, like certain, certain like sharp corners and stuff like that speak more to like tech and, you know, viruses and stuff like that, but like round edges are really approachable and playful. So depending well, on, I mean, my point, I guess, well, I don't know whether I should wait for gear or not. I'm going to change the camera. I don't know. The only time <laughs> that I'm actually recording and it shouldn't fail, it fails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you're back. Hey. All right. So I, you I look guess... you're look, you look different now. <laughs> <laughs> Since we probably just edited the last five minutes out um, <laughs> while you changed your camera, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and just call it out here. <laughs> um technology guys what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i, I so i uh, see i see this actually a little bit differently i i kind of look at illustration as as like the same as any choice you make for like fonts or photography style i think there's pros and cons to a lot of it i've worked in industries like cybersecurity where trust is a big deal and to see something be more playful can be really challenging, but there's definitely illustration styles that are like, there's definitely like, you want to pick your illustration style in the same way that you pick a font or any other aspect of your brand, which mm -hmm. is to say one that suits what you're trying to achieve gives off the overall tone and helps you tell your story uh, as a brand and you kind of choose it any where the same, exactly the same way that you would choose anything. I think where illustration versus photography versus charts or data, I guess, like it kind of comes down to like how you tell your story. Uh, photography can certainly tell a type of story. It helps you believe something like pick it or it didn't happen. <laughs> like if you're trying, we do, we do a lot of that where we show a lot of our customers. Um, we want to be able to like tell their stories uh, and how they use our product and how they find it valuable and how they have thought, have grown their business and thought about their marketing. Um, and photography is a great way to do that. Um, where you're dealing with a lot of concepts uh, or things that are hard to explain or things that photography just don't like exist as like a concept in real life. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to be able to tell that story visually with the kind of, I guess like flexibility and, and ability to like build an image in the same, in like the way that that illustration allows you to. Um, I would say that I think, you know, brands are gonna probably rely on it more or less, depending on their brand, depending on what story they're trying to tell, depending on what they're trying to do, depending on how many concepts they have to, I think you just pick your, you pick, it's like, a, it's a tool like anything else, like it's, uh, and how much you use that tool, uh, how, how you use it, what style it comes in, 
is going to depend on a brand's own unique perspective, story, personality, mm-hmm. anything like that. So it can certainly do, I don't just, dis- I guess I don't disagree. Like it can do all the things that Charlie's saying. I think way I see it is more as something that you put into you either you kind of take out and put into play depending on how the situation calls for it, I guess. Yeah. yeah like if you're a cyber going with the cybersecurity example, if you're, if you're into cybersecurity, you don't want to have an illustration style that's super playful and it has to like, but just having one is, is represents like a certain level of approachability. I mean, photography uh, can't do everything. Um, the, the best thing about illustration, I think, is that you have the ability to tell a story that doesn't, it's like not something you can capture in real life um, with, I mean, you can compose a lot of things in a photo shoot, but it's, you know, there's certain like, it doesn't exist in reality. <laughs> like it's sort of based on reality, but it's not really real reality. It's a, it's an illustration. It's something that you're drawing or building or composing and um you can compose it any way you want and it just gives you a lot of flexibility to storytell if that's kind of what you're needing to do so um there's certainly good ways i mean you can do a lot with film photography uh motion but uh illustration does have its own sort of unique ability to like tell a story in a way that is like entirely not based it's like you can bend the rules of of reality and like what exists yeah like animals can talk. And <laughs> I think that's what's so great about animation too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think about like illustration as like these things that you include, you think about the user experience or right? these peaks and valleys of like, you know, like the, the we call it like a, like the dirty map, right? And I think illustrations really help with those extremes or like if something, I mean, of course with depends, right? With anything, but. We, we, for example, like someone that's just signing up and you want to reward or incentivize them to keep, you know, like you, you did your first, you know, you sent your first campaign or you set up your first flow live. This is something that we introduced in flows in the last year was, you know, we got some pretty good responses that like when you set your first flow live, you get this nice, you know, animation with, um, like a, like a, um, you know, that Tada emoji. <laughs> so it's yeah. like that. And it kind of like makes you feel better about like, maybe the, that user was not super certain or like they were feeling like, oh, may, am I doing the right thing? Just giving that sort of push to make that peak even more highlighted. Mm. Uh, I think that's like one of the greatest uh, powers of illustration. I, I also like the abstract nature of it. There's so much in um, the things that we ask users to do and like, you know, they might be clicking this button. What it actually means is that this is happening, right? In the background, like, how do you shoot, like show that in a way? Like, I, yeah, photography, I don't know, like only goes so far. Um, well, like I mean, downtime too, right? Like like waiting screens or um, loading screens, zero states. Like they're good opportunities for that stuff. I was thinking while you were talking there, I think they don't exist as an, um, as their own company anymore. Like, I, I think like um, maybe they got bought out, but there was a, a flight and travel company called Hipmunk and they had their waiting screen uh, when they were loading flights, uh, when you search for something, had a little chipmunk with um, like a scarf 
like <laughs> fluttering in the wind and like goggles and like a hat. And then he had like little airplane arms and he would just go like this the entire time. And I thought that was, it was like incredibly delightful. <laughs> I was just, I like, I legitimately just like to watch the chipmunk uh, over like, Nothing, I got nothing against Hotwire or any of those guys, but I did I did really find that Chipmunk very, very adorable. Yeah, the power of illustration shines when it uh, when it takes like a like a bad experience and makes it enjoyable. Like say you uh, I've been to some websites where there's like an error. You click on a link and there's an error and it'll pop up with like an illustration saying, oh, the page didn't load right or something like that. So you're like, instead of going, oh, man, the page didn't load right. You go like, oh, look at this fun thing. OK, I guess I'll just try again. So it's a great way to like lighten the mood too. Um, I guess that's what I was kind of getting to with the whole cybersecurity thing. Like it's a very serious thing, but mm -hmm. when you show illustrations, it kind of, it lightens the mood a little bit, Depend, but yeah, depending on the illustration style, it can, it can hurt it or not, so. I mean, yeah, there, there's a whole like subsection of funny or delightful 404s, right? Yeah, when, exactly. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good mode. call, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you you're talking about hip uh, hip monk, right? Hip monk, yeah. It reminded me of a. Uh, I don't know if you guys use this thing called Tunnel Bear. It's like a VPN kind of. Yeah, they have the best illustration. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's such a it is such a utilitarian kind of tool, right? You know, like you want to mm -hmm. use this thing, and you know, they didn't have to go that extra mile to include this whole character and like it goes into it digs a hole and then it pops out on the other side of the world and it, <laughs> it, they're it they're it. full of puns too which i deeply yeah. respect <laughs> yeah um it definitely you know makes it something that could have been just a switch and like you know just a you know something that you would not remember to something that you do recall and like have this sort of almost like connection uh, to it. Yeah. Yeah, so, illustrations definitely definitely help make things more memorable too, so. There's a lot of personality, I think, because there's so many, there's like, I think really only so many styles of photography that you can, that you can have in the world. Um, but illustrations like almost, almost infinite in how you can like the, how serious or playful or like and it really comes down to the illustrator and because it's like they're in a lot of ways like their style uh kind of at play there and it's there's just so many different types uh and yeah just styles colors approaches uses it just allows you to like there's just literally a million yeah. <laughs> out there <laughs> and it's yeah, like I, I feel like it I compare photography and illustration to the same way as like film does with like cartoons, right? So like, this is just me on a tangent, but when film came out, it was like limited basically because they didn't have 3D effects and stuff like that. And then when animation came out, they could like hit somebody with a hammer and make them flat, you know? And they'd be like, wow, this is like, it, it, it just allows you to have like visually storytell and create like really interesting visuals that you normally wouldn't really get to see. So it's like, it's like looking at something through a different perspective. So you can do stuff with stock photography and stuff like that, but illustrations um, really let like the personality of the company kind of shine. Like that's when we get into like blue people and yellow people and stuff like that, or like 
figures with big heads or little heads and stuff like that. It's like, how can we take something that is, you know, we could just show a photo of like a man and a woman, but you know, we want to be all inclusive and stuff like that. So how can we, that's the part that I like about um, illustration is like, how can we solve this problem, but still stay true to like the brand and what the brand is trying to represent. So. Well, you mentioned the, the, the blue people. Blue people, yes. <laughs> I think there's, you know, there's, there's the thing, I don't know if it's because you see it once and you start seeing it everywhere. I think there's a name for that sort of, uh, that. There, uh, there is, I forget what it is. It's like Allegera or something. That style but, of, of corporate flat people. <laughs> Isometric but, was really popular for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's, I mean, that goes with the whole thing about what is, is there any true original idea, right? Um, but you see sort of like the ripple effects whenever someone, you know, introduces like a wild illustration style. I, I put now that, you know, 3D is something that's really on the rise. Like I see a lot of companies doing more 3D illustrations. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's just because browsers can now do much more than they could in the early yeah. web. Like I'm now sure. you can embed video, like you can do these other crazy things. And um, I Maybe. wonder, you know, what, what is the, um, it, I mean, there's a whole new playing field, right? About like how to stand out in that way. And I think we're just, you know, getting started. <laughs> I mean, everything has trends, like logos all have trends. <laughs> as soon as like, as soon as somebody's like, oh, we're doing like a collection of like, I think for a while there, like everybody had an animal in their logo. <laughs> like there was like um, 3D logos were really popular for a bit. Uh, it's like, you know, it's like anything else, I guess. Yeah. There's trends. So where do you think these trends come from? Like who's setting these trends? Is it one company and then everybody follows? Do you think? I think like one, maybe, maybe a few. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's definitely a viral aspect to it. Like when you see, I think things just happen so much faster these days, just because of when people share something, everyone sees it and then. Internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's why things tend to look a little similar too quickly is just because the speed, uh, you know, the cycle of friends going and coming, is just so quick back yeah. in the day. It's like, yeah, some company released something and then like takes, you know, months or years <laughs> to see like the full spectrum of a trend. But then now it's like, you know, you have this thing and then someone else has this thing too. And then <laughs> it just goes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Social yeah. media has changed. Social media has changed the game a lot too. You know, like back in the day when graphic design first started, it was only, it wasn't there, it wasn't any really online presence. You know, it was only like the only way you saw an advertising campaign or something was like walking down the street and seeing a billboard, you know? But now it's like, you look on your phone and there's just this constant supply of like artistic, you know, inspiration. So apparently I guess things come full circle. And then, you know, we have a hundred websites with blue people. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you have to be careful with that type of stuff and, you know, trends, it's easy. They are everywhere. Um, yeah. I think one way kind of to help with that is just to stay true to your story that you're trying to tell and the best way to do it and your brand to, you know, to the extent that it's, you know, going to be not dated. 
like there does become a point where things become dated, but and you want to make an update because you know it doesn't stick to your story as much. You're not in line with your story, your brand story anymore, or where the company's going. But I think just it's easy enough. I think to if you stay focused on what you're trying to do and who you're talking to, and to kind of to not get so caught up in it, because I think it's easy, really easy to do now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing about dribble. You're talking about dribble, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> that you see the trend so vividly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that sort of ripple effect. And like, you know, there's the whole thing about rebounds where you can like play on someone else's thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see like, what what is the first, can we trace down the original <laughs> source of a trend? <laughs> maybe someday we will be able to because like <laughs> tracking gets better in them i mean it'd be super interesting um i do i do will say though it is kind of fun one thing that i actually do enjoy doing on dribble is um just trying something out like it's a good place to just I don't know, like bored on a weekend because there's a lot of weekends now where, <laughs> uh, and so I picked up this habit of like, just trying out a style or a trend. Cause I want to, like, it's like, you just kind of want to be like, what do we, like, I want to think about this, like have a chance to mess with it, do something fun and see what happens. Um, yeah. I think the other day, uh, speaking of trends, I decided I was bored on a weekend and, uh, wanted to just try to make the most Pinteresty looking, uh, illustration I could. <laughs> so I made a, um, uh, a, I think, it, no, it wasn't a fiddly fig, but I, oh, a monster, a monster plant. And I made it with like a millennial pink background. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was just like, I want something to do. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just try out the most like Pinteresty, like bloggiest <laughs> looking illustration I possibly could, and I did. <laughs> did you post so that sometimes it can be fun to mess around with it. Did you post that somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> did you get likes? <laughs> I'm actually not a lot, but it was fun. <laughs> I'm not in for the likes game. <laughs> That's the thing but about anyhow, Pinterest, no, I, right? My, like you, yeah. you I should have posted that on Pinterest. Sorry. You start to like things on Pinterest and you get the same, right? Like you start to see the same thing. Like you, you like this illustration style and then like, here are 10 more of this. And then you like another one of that. And then here's 20 more of that. <laughs> well, maybe at some point you can trace, you can trace this back to all the original blue person illustration <laughs> via Pinterest. <laughs> if you're looking for it. He's got it. <laughs> Somewhere in his Pinterest feed is the original blue illustration person. <laughs> uh, what was our topic again? <laughs> I guess we should talk about the difference between what is an illustration, right? Like what is an icon? And like, is it just the size? Is there more to it? Folks have any opinions? Uh, yeah, so si size is a big, a big thing. You have to really consider uh with an icon you have to consider like scalability because you can make something big if you if you design an icon as big as an illustration it'll look great but then when you shrink it down to be an icon size there tends to be way too much detail in it so basically uh an illustration is like you can 
put a lot of detail into it because it's, it's meant to live big, but icons, you have to really strip it down and you have to really think of like, okay, what is this, what is this trying to represent? And you have to strip it back into like its most simplest form in order to tell a message. So um, that's one thing. Detail is huge. Secondly, is like what you're trying to do, right? So an icon is like a visual representation of a subject, but an illustration doesn't have to be a visual representation of something. It's more of like a, it's more of like a um, uh, something that just helps. You know, it's like a addition to information. So. Whereas an icon, you'd be like, okay, plane, you know, or like airport, you do a little plane icon or whatever. Um, if you were to type out a big thing about an airport, you can illustrate an airport and, and pinpoint exact things that you're trying to represent or uh, concepts or something like that. So you, it's, yeah, it's it's bigger size, it's more detail, but it's not it's not so straightforward. It's like, this means this. It's like, it's a, a thing that just kind of adds to the overall experience. So. Supporting element, that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> it's a supporting element to the text rather than a, re a direct representation of the text. That's it. <laughs> uh, I think the only, maybe the only thing I would add is <clears throat> kind of around using illustration to storytell, like, because it is a good visual storytelling mechanism, but I will say it like works with copy exactly the same way as like a photography, like photography would, although, like it has the ability to stand on its own, but when you're kind of using it in design work um, or concept work for that matter, it becomes like more, you always really have to think about how you're balancing what's being said versus what's being shown. Um, in the same way that in an ad photography with like a headline can tell a complete story, whereas like one on its own doesn't really mean much. Um, it's illustration can be the same way. Uh, you want to think about how you're leveraging copy or written storytelling with visual storytelling. Um, although sometimes it can stand on its own in the same way photography can too. I, I, I think like how, how you use it is actually really important. It's worth you know, thinking about given the ability to, the limits on how complex something you can communicate with visually is, uh, the, the, there are limits to how complicated visuals can actually be before you can't understand what they're trying to say. Um, so copy can be like a good, helpful sort of other half to the story. Um, I think you just have to, it's kind of the same way that like, you could watch like an animated movie on mute and in some cases like, like Wally, like almost no, like no dialogue is even necessary at all. You get what's happening. Um, but then there's like parts of it, there's parts of, there's movies that absolutely have dialogue and it adds to the story. So I think like when you're thinking about how you use it, it's not really like something that can always be used on its own. And you really want to think about how you're also doing like sort of pairing visual storytelling with written storytelling in the same way that you would in any type of design work. Like you want to understand what's doing the work and what work it's doing and how they're working together. Yeah, it's all about like, what is the feeling, right? What is what is the thing that we want people to get out of this? And yeah, I think copy is really, it's really an important piece of that, right? As we had the conversation with Karen the, uh, in past episodes. <laughs> uh, and it's, 
yeah, it's, it's all it's all part of the puzzle of uh, you know getting your brand voice tone and uh, mm. intent all wrapped together into a nice <laughs> polished pixel perfect package. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you're looking for a good way to see how illustration and copy can play together, children's books are awesome for that. Um, not actually collect them because they are so good to kind of get a sense of how you're telling a story visually, but telling a story with words. And children's books don't traditionally have usually a lot of writing in them. Uh, they are heavily reliant on, on illustration work. So, um, but you can learn a lot from that for like advertising and just visual storytelling in general for a company or for a brand, um, because you do a lot of marketing. And if you're thinking about, and that's always storytelling, uh, brand building is storytelling. So, um, a good way to like kind of look at that in isolation and really think about how that stuff works is to actually look at children's books. Um, they're really great to help understand like what, yeah what needs to be said versus what you can just show and how those two things can work well together. Do we have uh, I have an idea. I'm oh, sorry. What are you going to say? I was going to say, do we have any tips of like someone that wants to get started? I, I love that idea of like the children book. Like, is there any other tips, someone that wants to really get into illustration? Like what do we, would you recommend to that person? Draw a lot. Yeah. <laughs> draw, draw a lot. So but in the beginning, lot. When I when I first started out, I was pretty much just drawing a lot, and then somebody would come to me and be like, "Hey, I want an illustration in this style, right?" So you would do it, and then you you kind of develop your own style as you start to do this, and then eventually the end goal is to basically do whatever you want to do, and then people come to you for that specific thing. Um, so a lot of the illustrators that I follow on Dribble and Instagram and stuff like that. They are very specific in what they do, but they're very successful because people look at it and instead of going, okay, I can cater my style to this company and this company and this company, the end goal is really to have that company reach out to you and be like, your specific style relates back to the message that we are trying to say and it fits our attitude and stuff like that. So we want to work with you. Those are the type of clients that you want to get as like a, like a freelance illustrator and stuff like that. Um, well, it's like your voice. Like you want to be able to find your... Yeah your voice like your like yeah your stuff from a, from like a sheer technical side of things like draw a lot all the time uh you like like anything it's a craft so practice makes perfect yeah. <laughs> um i will say that i really enjoy um i do use like the apple pencil now i was never much of a digital illustrator i was always very much like a traditional traditional media um but i really enjoy digital illustration now especially with how it's developed um that like digital illustration programs have developed so the mm -hmm. Apple pencil has been amazing with the with an ipad to just kind of like draw stuff out um but aside from like the sheer sort of technical side of things um just visual storytelling like like that's like literally the most important <laughs> important thing and and develop and just finding your voice and like understanding you know what's your style who does it suit what types of stories do you, does it work well to tell um it's really hard to change your style and how you work sometimes media can affect that i know like um the oatmeal the the blog which is Remarkably not safe for work most of the time, but 
he does he does do a lot of breakdowns about um him as an artist and how his he did a um for his 10th anniversary he did like a breakdown of the eight things he learned in 10 years um and it's uh he one of them talks about how the program that he was originally using to illustrate actually really affected his style his style because there was only so much that he could achieve through that particular program and it really influenced like how he ended up with the style he has today so tools can certainly make a difference um i would say in developing your style think about the tools that you're comfortable with like i was saying the apple pencil has been like a really big thing for me but some people are i've worked with um, people who are great illustrators who work entirely in illustrator like adobe illustrator and they're just like manipulating lines and i'm like how do you do that that's amazing um so finding tools that you're comfortable with they do have an impact on your work and sometimes you know you want to be comfortable with your tools because illustration is a much faster process than say like fine art would be uh because we are a commercial ultimately you're a commercial artist in the same way that designers are um and so you want to figure out what's going to reproduce well, what helps you, what do you feel comfortable with? What do you feel comfortable working with quickly? And just, you know, how does that affect your style and, and something that like suits your own work? Um, you're kind of like the like, I don't know, Charlie, what would you say? Like the in-between of like a fine artist and a, and a designer, like it, it's like commercial arts, but as a fine artist <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. When when you design stuff, you want to stay true to yourself. You want your personality to shine through because that's what makes you um, desirable as a as a client, I guess. But you also have to consider the, you know, your client that you're doing. So it's like a fine mix of the two, kind of like what you're talking about. It's definitely like it's definitely fine art, um, but yeah, it's also commercial. It's it's a drawing medium in a in a different sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not just for me, it wasn't just drawing a lot. That's not what made me uh, the illustrator that I am today. It was, it was a lot of, it was that drawing nonstop, but also thinking about it as a bigger picture. So I could take an illustration and I could make it two different colors and it would have completely different vibes and completely different tones and stuff like that. So it got me thinking a lot of like color theory and stuff like that. So if a company say like, cybersecurity thing right and you're like okay we need to be really serious this is a very serious issue and then you do an awesome illustration but you do like primary colors or something it's going to come off way too young and way too like playful and stuff like that so definitely understanding the buckets within illustration like color theory composition um scalability just like some stuff like that it can really help um push your design even further so touch up on touch up on a bunch of stuff Sorry. So no. one thing I would kind of add was, I mean, I don't, I'm not an illustrator. Uh, I, and I, you know, I've been in tech companies for a long time now. I would say that like, it's a, it does play a big, I've found that it plays a big role in my design work though. Um, I've, I've found it to be like a really helpful skill. So even if you're not, you know, you're not like, oh, I'm going to be an illustrator. That's like my goal. Um, for just for designers, like it really, those types of skills, the way you're thinking about storytelling, um, where you have the ability to compose an entire image that tells a story. Um, and it helps you kind of like free up the way you think about design. I think the be biggest benefits for me have been one that I have the ability to go 
create the things I need to create, like start to finish. If there's just something that doesn't exist the way I want it to exist, it's a good skill to have to be like, okay, I'm going to go make the thing I want. And that's it. So you like takes a lot of limits off of you. Uh, but the other thing I think is that, um, because like with illustration work, you're basically composing something from nothing. Like you have a blank sheet of paper or screen. I don't know. It depends on how you want it. Whatever. Uh, not relevant. <laughs> you have like a, like a, a blank screen. You have no real, you just have like a thing you're trying to tell a story about. You have no real limits, no real anything. Like, it's not like somebody's handing you copy and being like, all right. And you're like, and when you design something, you'll just like put the copy in layout and you're like, okay, this copy has to go in here. You're basically saying like, I'm doing this is a story I'm trying to tell and I have a blank sheet of paper. So what do I do? Um, and that's such a different way of looking at it than with design where you have things that have to be included usually. Um, but it, it does kind of those two different starting points. Um, I will say getting used to working and facing a blank sheet of paper and looking at something and saying, I can do whatever I want to make, meet the goal. It does take a lot of like restrictions off of how I think about design now where, um, everything seems to be optional until, and only the end goal matters. So it gives me a lot of like mental, takes a lot of like mental blocks out to say like, okay, I'm really just focused on the story I'm trying to tell. So like, there's things that, how do I want to do that? And then how do the things that I need to include become part of that? Uh, and it's like such a reverse way of thinking about design sometimes that um, I found it like just a really freeing way to think about storytelling overall, because um, I'm just not approaching design in the same way that like a designer would sometimes. You're thinking about it more like how an artist would, and it's a very different mindset sometimes. So I have found it, I've definitely found it helpful and um, having sort of your thinking based in drawing is really good also because uh, it gives you like a fast way to communicate something with to somebody. I don't know, Charlie, we have conversations all the time where we're just literally drawing back and forth. But you're like, what about this thing? And you're, and you're like, yeah. well, what about like this thing? Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's kind of like whiteboarding at its most like immediate. Um, and you're not just like writing stuff or whatever. You really can really actually like communicate whether something works or doesn't work because you have, you think about things through drawing. And so it's not a bad habit to build. I found it really, really helpful as a designer. I mean, I just went to school for this. I didn't become an illustrator. Um, I obviously have worked in design, yeah. but having that background has been immensely helpful for my career. Yeah. I I'm, kind of the same boat like I'm, I'm classically trained like I went to a fine art school and I applied for illustration like I used to do growing up and doing like still lives and and landscapes and stuff like that so I got the fundamentals down but I applied on an illustration portfolio and I didn't get in so I was like okay what do I do <laughs> so I, I learned graphic design and just for the hell of it like I reapplied to the same school on a totally different portfolio a design portfolio and I got in so I was like Oh, maybe, maybe design is like kind of interesting. So now I kind of don't, I personally don't use a lot of illustration for like those pieces where it takes 40 hours of shading and stuff to make it look right or whatever. I've done a lot of figure drawing and nude figure drawing and still lives and stuff. And so I, I have that foundation, but now I can take that foundation and bring my own personality into it. So now I do a lot of like more abstract stuff or more like concept sketches because I, I have the idea and I know how to, I know how to execute it to convey a message to somebody that I'm talking to or a client or something like that. But 
my preferred medium is now digital. So that's why I like the digital illustrator kind of uh, approach things, which is nice. That wasn't like a thing when I was in school. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't something until I learned until it was like just starting. And now it's like, so yeah, they've so like merged so much that it's been an awesome evolution, I think, to see over the last like 10 so years. Yeah. yeah. So I went to the school, of the museum of fine arts, and it's like a, a notoriously fine art school. There wasn't any graphic design program. And like, I was there for a year and then they introduced one and that's when like people started to really appreciate so what was this 2000 2009 2010 that's when like the digital illustration kind of people took it more seriously and they started offering classes and stuff like that and that's when i like just 100 percent dove into illustration in, in a digital medium and uh, it's great i like it a lot I had a question, like you mentioned, you know, spending several hours doing the shading and all that. Um, how do you know that like an illustration is done? Like, how do you look at it and be like, I'm good with this, not going to do it anymore? How do you know design's done, Guy? <laughs> well, never <Yeah>. done. <laughs> there's, a, yeah, there's, a certain, <laughs> there's a certain feeling that you get where uh, for me, like even that question proposed for iconography and illustration is a lot different, right? Like. For, for iconography, it's basically, okay, how can I strip this down? How can I, it's an icon is an illustration, right? So it's like, how can I strip this illustration down to convey a message as simply as possible? So for example, like a rain cloud, right? You don't need 10 clouds or like 20 raindrops coming out of it to represent rain. In order to get the idea across, you just have to have that maybe one or two raindrops, maybe like a very simplistic, uh, cloud. You don't need one with like a bunch of bubbles and a bunch of, you know, it, it can be very, very simple. So um, an icon is kind of the opposite, right? It's like you want to strip it back to be like the core elements of something to convey a message. But illustration is a little different because it's, it's, it doesn't need to be stripped back. It's basically like working with the copy to pick out those key words. So it's like as long as um, your copy, you're hitting on those keywords to help, to help support that text. Um, you can create some really impactful things by, by picking only the certain details that you want to emphasize, like an emotion or, uh, you know, a mission or a goal or something like that. So, uh, as you're drawing, as long as like you, you are supporting the text, um, in that way, I think. You'll, you'll know when it's done. There is this impression and I don't know where it came from. Like, I don't know how this happened. I, like I have no anthropological, I guess you could say explanation for it. But I think there's this impression that illustration doesn't take that long. Like I think photography, people think like, well, photography feels very immediate now too because of like phones and stuff. But I think even like still like staging a photo shoot feels like a lot of work, right? Like you have to set stuff up, hire somebody, get somebody to like get all, you know, get what you're shooting, compose a photo, retouch everything. Like I think people see the process and so they understand that it takes a while. I don't know that that's the case for illustration because it's just somebody at a computer doing a thing usually. Um, yeah. And I, 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 a lot of the like work behind illustration where it gets like, it's not front and center to a client in the same way that um, a photo shoot is. Uh, but so 
good illustration illustration work that is done custom is really expensive um but it's for a really good reason it's a lot of work <laughs> it's yeah. very complex storytelling it's a lot of building being able to like generate a file that's going to be usable by a designer or a company um is a ton of work and it's uh there's a lot of like sketches and iterations you are basically composing an image from nothing so i don't know where like the where the like general, I think, impression that illustration is is yeah. like less work comes from, but I would sort of call out that like, not I think designers do tend to understand the process that goes into things pretty well. So I'm probably preaching to the wrong audience, but um, <laughs> there's I don't know there's there is just a perspective of that, and I don't know where it came from or why, but it's probably like very opposite. It's the the illustration is a custom illustration is a ton ton of work a ton of work <laughs> even just doing cut like the custom shirts and stuff that we do there are hours and hours of time for us to build out graphics that are going to be reproducible um not to mention just picking it like picking swag that it's going to print well on and you're now dealing with like the whole like effect of getting the shirt or the hat or whatever um it's not a small effort to do cu even custom swag so um appreciate it appreciate your illustrators as well <laughs> <laughs> i totally feel the same way about modern design too because people people you'll do an illustration or you'll do some type of graphic you know um and they'll be like oh i mean make it like apple you know it's just a white background with like a text box or something like that and people think it's so simple just because there's so much white space but they have a whole team of designers and it's taken them you know, hundreds of hours, thousands of hours to like basically to chip away all the fat, leaving like this perfect thing. And even though it looks simplistic, it's actually very complex in order to get to that final result. So it's the same thing for illustration. There's, it's not just an illustration. There's, you know, like the color theory and stuff that I talked about, but there's, yeah, there's, there's sketches and considering, you know, the usage and how it'll stand the test of time. Like, this is going to be is this illustration going to be relevant as the company grows? Um, so you, you kind of have to factor all those things in, and that takes time. So, yeah, I definitely relate with the whole like, you know, it's so simple. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the things that are simple and don't seem sophisticated. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like Apple, it's simple. Can I get it tomorrow? <laughs> and you're like, no. Well, you guys were working with an illustrator for a while on the product side to build out some stuff. And I know you guys went through a whole process with them to kind of get to these like concepts where are they being communicated clearly? Do they act the way we want them to? Cause I know there was animation sort of capacity to that. Um, so I know, I know you're very well aware <laughs> of the process that goes into it. It's, um, it's long, it takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, when we, we, we do, we did multiple like sort of back and forths and like every time we, we sent, that's why I'd say like, it's very hard to talk about visuals in audio or like written form even, but like, we were like, yeah, we wanted to like, I don't know, how do you describe it? You, you like, I want this to be a little bit more like this. And then I want it to be a little bit more playful or like something like that. And, and then it comes back like, you know, that, request is interpreted in so many different ways could be right like some something in someone's head ends up being something completely different so yeah that's one of the main challenges of like doing illustration for commercial you know it's just like you're trying to align with your stakeholders 
and then they have an idea in their head and they are trying to tell you, you know, what is the, how does that idea manifest itself in visual form? And it's like so many things can get lost in translation. <laughs> so I, I definitely, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Design and working in any kind of design or visual field is so weird. <laughs> yeah. I say this all the time. I'm like always, I'm always feel so like grateful to do this every day, but also it's like, it's just such a weird job. <laughs> like, and it's such a different way than, mm -hmm. um, like, I, I feel like if we went to like our, I don't know, like our finance team or something. And we were like, I like the spreadsheet, but I don't love it. <laughs> like maybe could you try it left aligned? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I like, I feel like they'd be like, what? <laughs> can you, can you make the numbers like pop? Can you make them pop more? I swear to God, they'd probably be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, and, but that's like our entire job is, <laughs> is like that. And it's so funny. Yeah. Such a weird thing to think about. <laughs> but I like to think about it once in a while. <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess you can uh, go to recommendations. Uh, well, I can go first. I, there's this great illustration library called Blush. Um, it's created by um, former lift designer and vision designer, Pablo Stanley. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty cool because it's not just a series of illustrations. They actually, it's like a tool that you, you can compose you talk a lot, a lot about like the, the, you know, the blue people or whatever. I think it looks pretty different, but it's cool that you can customize it. So they have a shuffle feature. It's like, it's a very modular approach to illustration. They have a, a set of like clothes, a set of hairs, and, and you can like build your own kind of based on what you want. I, I just thought it was like a very novel idea for, you mm -hmm. know, illustrations as a product. Um, you know, in the icon space, the noun project, I use it all the time. Whenever like, I think about making an icon, I'd be like, let me search a noun project and see if there's any other idea that exists today that has represented this abstract concept. Um, so I highly recommend it. And then there's this whole tangent, but it's just been on my mind because I just stumbled, stumbled across this. So you guys know about NFTs. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it's this thing called non-fungible fungible tokens and it's this idea that you can sell art using blockchain so that you can tell so why what makes art valuable is that you could say i own the mona lisa and there's only one in the world until now there was no way to do that in the digital form so people are trying to use blockchain to do that so like you can sell digital art and then oh, people wow. can say i have the original version of this like there's this whole website and market around this. They use Ethereum, which is a cryptocurrency. <laughs> and I'm just so fascinated, confused, and like excited at the same time <laughs> about what does this mean to the future of art? And like, you know, because digital art really didn't have the same sort of capabilities as physical art until now, or at least like mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of excitement around that. So I don't know, something to think about. The, the, the market is called the foundation foundation app. Oh. Anyone else, any other recommendations? I feel like I've made like four just talking this time. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know that I have any specific ones. Maybe 
maybe I, I could say one thing I will say is um, Com Arts every year, the magazine does do a um, illustration um, issue uh, where they will do like a roundup of like award-winning illustrations for different, different tons of different purposes. Some of them include brands and stuff. It's always a great read uh, just to see what's out there. Maybe this year's was lots of blue people. I don't know, uh, but it is a good way to get a sense of trends um, and kind of see how different brands are using illustrations in their work um, and also see the illustrators that work on this stuff for people. Um, super cool. They're basically like folks at the top of their game. So. Oh, wait, hold on one second. Casey just came home. Sorry. We'll have to have him cut it out. We, we can edit out. that out too. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. We'll get in post. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to back to normal scheduled programming. Um, so I don't really have a lot of recommendations as far as like resources, but I will say if you're interested in becoming an illustrator, uh, invest in a good sketchbook. Um, go to like Field Notes, which is run by Aaron Draplin, who is also an illustrator designer. Or you can get one at like Barnes and Noble, get like a moleskin or something like that. But if you're interested in illustrating, definitely always try to carry a sketchbook. Um, like the field notes are nice because they're small. You can put them in your pocket. So you can just kind of write down things as they come to you. Um, I know a lot of illustrators and designers get a lot of um, inspiration through like everyday items or, you know, everyday experiences. So field notes are great to carry around, but if you can, afford a moleskin um, and just have it at your desk all the time, jot down, you know, do little doodles um, whenever you can and just try to um, just dive headfirst into the, into the medium if you just want to get better. So. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Clavio Design Podcast. If you, listener, has any feedback for us here at the Clavio Design Team, you can send an email to designpodcast at clavio.com. Uh, if you like the show, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and it really helps. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>